This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and the man to my right is Scott Chasen of Fog.net. And Scott, I promise this jacket was brown, and now it's olive green. We really should have made this our poll question. We've had a huge debate going on in here if it's brown, if it's green. I think it's master. It's like you won the masters. Let's, Congratulations. Let's you be got honest. Jacket. This jacket and shirt don't match when it's brown, and now when it's olive green, it's really awful. Hmm. Good news for you is you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13 and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at the drive And remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive don't fret you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and fog.net. We start things off with our two-minute drill, and the two-minute drill is sponsored by Houlihan's. They've been expecting you for quite a while now. <laughs> now let's eat. Well, Kansas defeated Texas Tech to finish the Big 12 regular season at 17-1. Scott Chris Beard called the Jayhawks the best Kansas team he's ever seen. <laughs> What's your take on that? Well, my first take is he's only been there a few years right. because there have been some very good Kansas There's been some teams. better ones. Yeah, uh, look, in my time covering the Jayhawks, which has been about six basketball seasons, yes, this is the best Kansas team top to bottom I've seen. Uh, in my time watching college basketball, it's, it's hard to do better than that 2008 Kansas team. And uh, the reason why is it was largely formed in a way that teams aren't formed anymore. Guys now go pro if they're a projected back-end first-round pick or even second round picks sometimes uh, or they'll transfer those numbers are uh, increasing especially uh, if it becomes easier to do so so you look back at that 08 team you have Mario Chalmers he played in the NBA he's an NBA champion Brandon Rush he played in the NBA I believe he got uh, an NBA championship with the Warriors uh, Sasha Khan was starting for that team he got a championship with the Cavaliers uh, Darrell Arthur survived in the NBA a long time Sharon Collins coming off the bench Cole Aldrich an NBA draft pick Darnell Jackson a long professional basketball career Russell Robinson a professional basketball career so that team doesn't happen today because those guys are going pro uh, you know earlier and earlier in their career but uh, I look at this KU team and it's punctuated by uh, the Big 12 awards that came out today. You have the conference's player of the year in Yudoka Azubuki. You have the defensive player of the year in Marcus Garrett. You have another guy who is a unanimous first team all Big 12 selection in Devon Dotson. You have an all freshman team member in Christian Brown. I, I mean this roster from Kansas is stacked. It's quality depth. It's not necessarily depth but it's quality depth. It's seven guys who know what they're doing 
Ochayabashi was an honorable mention all Big 12 selection, and he's like the fifth guy to get honored. That doesn't even talk about Isaiah Moss, a graduate transfer, a 40% three-point shooter last year. He's about 35% this year. Just a stacked roster, and so I think that's why you see Chris Beard say something like that. Well, it certainly was one of the more dominant teams. They mm -hmm. kind of cruised through this league. They got off you know, the mat from losing Baylor early in the season and then just started rolling. And I'm going to be honest here, I think a lot of that was because the conference stinks. Mm -hmm. Down below Baylor, which is eight teams down there out yeah. of ten, the conference isn't very good. Yeah, how crazy. Two teams win more than half their games. Who would have thought that? <laughs> it's, 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 it is nuts. It's yeah. just amazing how that everyone <laughs> below the second place was at best at 500 in league play. Let me, let me workshop this real quick. The Big 12, one true champion, eight true teams of mediocrity. Does yeah, that? Sounds good. And place. Baylor. <laughs> and Baylor. Uh, K-State closed out its regular season with a 79-63, a victory over Iowa State. Xavier Sneed scoring a career-high 31 points in his final home game. Fitz, does this ease the pain from the season at all? Well, first of all, that is correct. That was a victory. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a victory now. Um, no, it doesn't. It's a nice way to go out, and X went out in style. That was just, it was a really dominant performance against a very depleted Iowa State team. That honestly was really bad. Was disinterested in the game. Pearson McAtee got his first career start, uh, had a career high in points. And honestly, you know, it might have been giving the senior his chance to start, but the team was better when Pearson McAtee was on the court. And granted, this game, there were some favorable matchups where guys he could cover, uh, but Pearson's kind of a glue guy. He moves the ball, he, you know, distributes it. He, you know, he started the game off of the backdoor dunk, something we really haven't seen from K-State this year. And meanwhile, Xavier Sneed shot the lights out. He had surpassed his career high by halftime. And for some reason, he only played 15 minutes in the first half, and none of us could quite understand. Uh, Coach Weber was acting like at one point he had foul trouble when he only had one foul. I, look, this K-State team looked relaxed and good, and these are the things that happen when, you know what happens, Scott? You make shots. Mm -hmm. Everything in basketball is easier when you make shots, and K-State was making lots of shots against the Cyclones, and meanwhile playing pretty good defense against that team. This looked like a K-State team that we kind of thought maybe we'd see more often this season. They really played well together. And I'm going to be blunt here. When Xavier Sneed shoots the ball that well and a guy like Pearson McAtee ties it all together, things look better. Sometimes basketball isn't about who jumps the highest or runs the fastest. It's about the guy who understands the game and makes those around him better. And I thought Pearson had a significant impact in the game. And that's not to say he can do that in every game, Scott. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some games where physically he just can't match up. But when he can, get him on the floor because he makes the other four guys better. I want to offer a thought real quick on yeah. Xavier Sneed, just his career with Kansas State. Well, it was I was really happy he went out this way. Kissed the Powercat, win by almost 20. Um, you know, it was just unfortunate his senior season was so bad. Mm -hmm. It just was really unfortunate. You know, he played a role in that with inconsistent playing. Mm -hmm. But he came out, and Scott, he looked confident. Yeah. He looked, I'm going to shoot the ball. And he had that look in his eye, I'm going to shoot the ball, I'm going to make the ball. And there's a difference. The guys yeah. come out and shoot, and other guys come out and they think it's going to go in every time, and you really haven't seen that from Xavier until yesterday. Really a, a phenomenal game. Well, yep. for years, the, the Big 12 was praised for its balance, but 
this year. Like we talked about, the conference is top-heavy with Baylor and Kansas at the top. So, Fitz, does this help or hurt the national profile of the Big 12? Might have two number one seats. Yeah, it, it does. It helps from that standpoint. It helps in another way. I was watching ESPN+. Plus. That's right. Somebody <laughs> was watching ESPN+, Plus West Virginia game, and they were talking about West Virginia being the third or fourth best defensive team in the nation. Kansas won, I think West Virginia three, Baylor four. Top three of the top four are Big 12 teams. And for national critics or uh, analysts, they're thinking, you know, that's really good defense. I got news for everyone. They're good on defense because most of the teams in this league are really bad on offense. <laughs> they don't uh, look at around these rosters. There's no real go-to guys that can fill it up. I mean, you had guys that are playing in the NBA that were in the lower half of this conference on their teams. There's nobody in this league really filling it up at the bottom half of this conference. Mm -hmm. There's some good players. Desmond Bain's good, but, uh, you know, he's not someone that you're frightened of on offense. I, I just think this, off this conference stinks for the most part. But the good news is, people, everyone around the nation thinks it's awesome because KU's very good and Baylor's pretty darn good and they have incredible records. Yeah. Uh, oh, one distinction, the only team I can think of just right now that maybe has that firepower would be Oklahoma. But to your point, they've got two big men, new age, shooting big men and Doolittle and Manic. And how inconsistent do those guys play? How many times have there been games where, uh, you know, Doolittle maybe a little bit less inconsistent. He had a great year, but uh, where you, you just wonder, hey, how is this guy scoring six points on 12 shots? You know, he should be one of the best scorers in the conference. Uh, I think it's hurt it from the perspective of, uh, I think teams or, or people around the nation don't take the Big 12 seriously after about four teams. now. West Virginia having the reputation it does and Chris Beard having the reputation he does, that's going to help because even though those teams weren't great, people still look at them. Uh, but I say this, I don't think the Big 12 got its due when the conference was more balanced top to bottom. I actually think it's getting a little bit more credit now. It's crazy. Even though I think the conference is worse yeah, because there's no good teams basically and, after two or three. And honestly, in all fairness, it's hard for me to judge Kansas and Baylor against these teams. <laughs> they might be incredibly good, or they might just be the prettiest person in the room. You just don't know. It's an interesting note here, though. Oklahoma was down by 20 at TCU in the final game of the regular season Big 12 play. If Oklahoma had lost, they'd been the seventh seed playing Kansas State on Wednesday night. If they won and they did come back and win, they're the third seed in the Big 12 tournament. It tells they, you everything you need to they know. They move four spots w with one, one shot. <laughs> yeah, it's one unbelievable. Shot. Now a quick look at your poll question results. And poll questions are brought to you by Film 11. Your go fast, look good, play hard, custom shop. Well, last week's question was, Kansas has a one-game lead, uh, lead in the Big 12 with two games to play, so will the Jayhawks win the title outright? They obviously did. They did so by two games. 80% of you uh, got that one correct. And well, what's 20% of you? What are you thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> this week's question is this. Will the Big 12 get two number one seeds, being Kansas and Baylor, in the NCAA? A is yes, B is no. Vote at thedriveshow.com. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hands. that they've been expecting you. Now let's eat. ESPN's Joe Lenardi, who knows everything, <laughs> went on television yesterday and said he considers the Jayhawks a lock as the number one overall seed in March Madness. Scott, what is the NCAA tournament outlook for this team? Yeah, I'll say this. In terms of locks and being that number one overall seed, I personally believe Kansas could go out and lose by 50 in the first game of the Big 12 tournament, and they have locked this thing up. <laughs> they, yeah, you're right. They won't do that uh, most likely. But uh, this is a team that is 28-3 on the year, has not lost a game since early January, has not lost a game at full strength this year. They did not, uh, Kansas didn't have Isaiah Moss in the game against Duke, which was the season opener in Madison Square Garden. Marcus Garrett doesn't play the second half against Villanova with an ankle injury, and even so, they're up by four with two minutes left in a true road game with the ball, I might add. And then obviously that Baylor game, Devon Dotson first half gets a hit pointer that causes him to miss the next game. He doesn't even play at Oklahoma, and he missed 10 minutes in that second half. Now, injuries are part of it, not making excuses and saying Kansas should be undefeated because it's very, very, very hard to go defeated in college basketball. I mean, San Diego State uh, has learned that just about, you know, Gonzaga is going to drop games every year. Hey, no matter your schedule, you're going to lose games. This Kansas team has separated itself a couple of ways. One, defensively, uh, Kansas has been one, two, or three defensively in Ken Palm all year, depending on the metric you look at. They're right up there. I think Virginia is right now neck and neck with them on Ken Palm in particular. Uh, but defensively, this is one of the best Kansas basketball teams, uh, maybe the best basketball team on that end that Bill Self has ever had. Offensively, they're improving. It's not as pretty as, say, the Final Four team with Devontae Graham and Frank Mason and those guys. But what you have to remember is KU's two-point efficiency when you have Devon Dotson, a 60% shooter at the rim, Yudoka Azabuki, an 85% shooter on layups and dunks and 75% on the season. When you have those guys powering your offense and then you have Marcus Garrett driving to the rim, that offense is actually very efficient. It's just not pretty because they're not yeah. bombing away from three-point range. Ranks in the top 10 of Ken Palm, too. So, uh, like I said, th this team has locked up a number one overall seed, and now the question, do you want to go to Houston or do you want to go to Indianapolis? I don't want to go to either, no. actually. I'd like to go to Maui. Okay. I, I think I'll be doing the rest of the drive this season for Maui. I'll talk to the boss after the show. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they have a regional there, but real quick on the point of those two, it's a, it's a big debate right now uh, going on, at least among the fan base, which will they choose? Indianapolis closer in mileage, right next to Chicago, a lot of KU alums there. Dallas is right by Houston, obviously it's a few hours away. A lot of KU alums in Dallas too, and Houston a little bit farther, maybe avoid some of those teams in the right. Midwest though. Right, I, I think KU could run the table this year, and, and the reason is, I mentioned the Big 12 not being good. I don't think college basketball is that mm -hmm. good this season, Scott. I just think there's a lot of watered-down teams right now. And in March, you've got to have good guard play. And, boy, I like Kansas's guards. And if you got that rare thing, that rim protector that can score, and KU has it, it makes you pretty special, and it's going to be really interesting to see how far they run. Yeah, how many teams in the nation have one who can do one, they can score, or maybe they protect the rim, but, you know, liability on offense, right. Yudoka Azubuki can certainly do both. Yep. 
Well, basketball will soon be over, mercifully for K-State, and spring football is right around the corner for the Wildcats. So, uh, Fitz, what are the big storylines as the Wildcats prepare for Chris Kleiman's second season? Well, it's really interesting. Uh, they have to rebuild that offensive line, and at first glance, when you think about replacing an offensive line that was loaded with seniors, that seems like a mighty task, and finding all the right pieces along that offensive line is challenging for Connor Riley and the rest of the coaches. Uh, but the good news is, is they've got some nice pieces. And the really good news is they've got guys that really kind of fit <clears throat> what Connor Riley wants to do offensively with his line, maybe a little bit better than a bunch of guys who were built for a different system. And that's really the only area for Kansas State that didn't quite fit what this system, what these coaches want to do. The other position they need to rebuild is the running back spot. And they've got some young guys there, Jakarta, you're right. And, Joe Irvin to go with Harry Trotter. It's it's a really interesting, intriguing spot. And and honestly, though, I think one of the things that they really have to milk along is getting Skylar Thompson better at reading defenses and identifying where to put the ball and getting him even more comfortable and confident in the pocket because he still relies on some bad habits that really break down the offense. Defensively, they've got to find guys along that front that can really play a physical game to go with Wyatt Hubert. They've got two great senior linebackers with Elijah Sullivan and uh, Justin, oh my gosh, I just forgot his name. <laughs> uh, Justin Hughes comes back uh, for a senior season after injuring his knee. And then they've always got to find depth in the defensive secondary. If you don't have enough guys in the back end of your defense of the Big 12, you're in trouble. Yeah, let, let me ask you this. When you succeed in year one, when you overshoot expectations, they always get raised, I would argue, unfairly in year two. Where is the bar going to be set for, for Chris Kleiman? That's a great question. You know, when you win eight games, everyone thinks you're going to win nine. <laughs> and this is going to be a little bit retooling. We'll see how they do. They've got a very intriguing schedule this year, and we'll see if uh, they can match that eight. I think matching the eight would be a great accomplishment. Yeah, eight, eight wins in back-to-back -back years. I mean, fans in Lawrence would tell you, I mean, that gets you a statue put outside your stadium. It's a little different other places. Scott, I just interviewed Justin Hughes. Why, why can't I remember names anymore, Scott? I give you credit. That was the most complete football breakdown you will get in the spring. I, the it was guy, unbelievable. The guy I most recently talked to, I forget his name. Mm. Man, getting old is not fun. Now we're going to step out of bounds. We're going to do it. This week, the University of Kansas provided its response to the NCAA's allegations of rules violations. Scott, summarize it. Okay, you handled its response. It was like 300 pages. You got two minutes. Yeah, it was more than 300 pages. I, I read through it, and uh, it was, first of all, a great way to spend an evening. Uh, no, there were, there were, it was, it's hard to buckle this down, but there are kind of four points at the uh, center of this. So the first is the definition of what is a booster. The NCAA is alleging that Adidas executives, consultants, uh, were meddling in, in recruitments of KU players. Now, what's interesting is a lot of these players never actually played for Kansas. Uh, you have Billy Preston, who never played a minute, DeAndre Ayton, who obviously went to Arizona, Zion Williamson, who went to Duke, uh, and then you have Silvio de Sosa, who played obviously in his freshman season, but hasn't really uh, played much since. So uh, the question is being asked, the role that the uh, those with Adidas had in those recruitments, and was it, was it Kansas's responsibility to monitor them. Kansas is saying, hey, these guys aren't boosters. They are not bound the same uh, way. And Kansas is really attacking the system of the NCAA and saying, if you want to legislate this and you want to say every member of a sponsored, uh, you know, a brand 
every member of that brand is going to be a booster, then you are going to completely alter the course of college basketball. You're going to change how every team uh, has to basically enforce its rules, and you're going to destroy the AAU system. There will be unintended consequences. So that's the big picture point from Kansas. They're also arguing definitions whether uh, someone like Larry Brown is still a representative of Kansas, even though he hasn't coached there in 30 years. That's kind of a sticking point. They are accepting the football violations. They said largely, hey, that was the previous regime. Uh, and even the Les Miles one, hey, that was self-reported. Uh, so I think those are kind of a less of a sticking point. The last piece of it is compliance, and they're making the argument uh, that Bill Self, Curtis Townsend, and KU have followed compliance rules. It's 300 pages. It's impossible to boil it down. We'll see what happens. The NCAA has two months to respond, and then it'll go back and forth again. It was aggressive, though. It was very aggressive. They it, came back in an aggressive manner. Yeah. And I think from a legal standpoint, that was probably their best course of action. I think it was their only uh, course yeah. of action, I, I would say, because they disputed every single basketball charge, every single one of them, and they kind of had to with the position they yep, were in. It was very interesting. Well, now let's hear from the fans, and our fan question this week is a simple one. Hey, when are the spring football games scheduled for K-State and KU? And that's from Jacqueline in Topeka, Kansas State. There is no none. There's <laughs> not a spring game this year. They have not. They've decided to do an open practice on, what, Friday, April 17th on the evening. Fans are welcome to come to an open practice, but there is no game. April 18th for KU. Last time they had a concert afterward. Don't know if they'll do it again, but probably so. I'll come sing. <laughs> Well, remember to ask us nice. your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Remember to make your weekly predictions at The Drive Show. Dot com here are last week's results <clears throat> and I'm not happy yeah the fans are beginning to run away from us and uh, the fact that our viewers up. are so obviously <laughs> more intelligent than us says a lot about us yeah we've we, done a great job informing them you got it now this week's <laughs> picks start with Oklahoma versus West Virginia this game's on Thursday look folks you got to get your votes in the the voting will be closed yeah. midweek it's a pick them it's a three six game it could have been 360 the other way just as easily. I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma beat West Virginia twice handily. Give me West Virginia because they're due just to do something right. I, I don't understand this game <laughs> at all. I have no grasp of this game. All right, next is TCU minus two and a half versus K-State. I will take the Horn Frogs to bounce back after what I am dubbing the senior day debacle. You know what? I'm sliding in the standings. I'm going to pick the Cats to cover that two and a half points or win. Hmm. Or win. The final game, of course, is Kansas minus nine and a half versus the Iowa State Oklahoma State winner, probably Oklahoma State. Will KU win by 10 or more points? I'll take Kansas, but I feel not so great about that if Oklahoma State wins. I'll take Kansas too. Mm -hmm. Again, make your picks over at thedriveshow.com. Now it's time for our on the clock segment. On the clock is sponsored by Carpet One, buy local for a strong local community. And we start with Scott Chasen. Well, look, the Big 12 awards as voted on by the coaches came out, and there were some small things that I probably had a problem with, like Marcus Garrett being third-team All-Big 12 despite leading the conference in assists, having the best assist-to-turnover ratio of the top 80 assist getters in the conference, Owen being the defensive player of the year. But Bill Self, to me, would have been the coach of the year over Scott Drew. Baylor was picked second in the Big 12, went 15-3, and an absolutely fantastic year, fantastic record for the Bears. 
but they were picked second, they finished uh, second. Kansas is always going to be finished, uh, picked to finish first in the league, but to go 17-1, and to not slip up, I mean, Baylor learned how hard it is not to do that when they lost to TCU, to be as dominant as they were over the course of the season, uh, to me, I, I would have gone with Bill Self for that one. Well, this season is almost over. Kansas State basketball fans, be thankful. I think they're going to win a game in Kansas City, then it'll be over. <laughs> And then they'll be off to the NCAA tournament where we can all fill out brackets and not pick our cats to win or lose. That's really the end of the whole show right there. <laughs> That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.